Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. I think you can probably hear the smile on my voice right now, uh, recording this on Monday, and let's say late afternoon. Uh, it's been an exciting day. We haven't spoken since right after Aaron Loop left for the Angels, so quite a bit to uh, <laughs> to break down. Um, uh, you know, I guess right off the bat, uh, you know, the Mets had to change the narrative. Uh, the front office search was, of course, much longer and much deeper than anyone anticipated. Uh, between Noah Syndergaard leaving and then, you know, there were reasons behind that, behind Aaron Loop walking to, to Los Angeles without a, a much of a fight from the Mets. You know, we have to assume there were reasons behind that. And then Steven Matz. Uh, apparently the Mets had eyes for Steven Matz. That was being reported. We might have spoken about that last time. Uh, I honestly don't remember. But uh, Stephen Matz reportedly came to the Mets uh, saying uh, him and his agent, uh, Rob Martin, over at Icon Sports, came to the Mets, said that they had interest in a reunion, that there was unfinished business to tend to. Uh and yeah, um, looks like Matt's and, and his representation got the interest that they wanted. Um, apparently, they had a Zoom meeting with Steve Cohen and and continued that that narrative that, that Matt's wanted to come back here. And you know, as as any good agent will do, they uh, they went out and they inflated their value. And uh, Matt's apparently got the the offer that he wanted from the St. Louis Cardinals. He got four years, forty four million. Uh, breaks down to, I believe it was 8, 10, 12, and 12, or something like that. I saw it pop up today, um, on Monday. I believe it was his introductory press conference, which <laughs> the Mets put out a pretty big, uh, <laughs> a fairly large announcement during his press conference, which we will talk about, of course. But, yeah, um, the following morning, Steve Cohen, well, I guess that news broke very, very late on Tuesday night into Wednesday before Thanksgiving on Wednesday morning. Steve Cohen woke up, fired off a very angry tweet. He'd never been so uh, so offended, it seems. Um, and, you know, that one has to assume that these things happen. Um, going out and, and, I think, airing out your feelings in situations like this probably isn't great for business. But, you know, Matt's made his move. The Mets were left hanging, and... And again, the Mets really needed to change the narrative. Now, early in the day on Wednesday, the Mets went out and made very, very minor moves. One of them, I think, is could be a, a, a huge addition. Nick Plummer, who was a first-round pick of the St. Louis Cardinals in 2015, uh, battled injuries, really kind of fell off the radar for a while. But 
you know, last season, finally healthy again, started at double A, made his way up to triple A, uh, hit 280. 415, 479, 15 homers, uh, 144 weighted runs created plus was 16th best among both levels, double A and triple A. Uh, you know, this is a, a possibility uh, or possibly a prime time player. Uh, most likely added his outfield depth and, and there wasn't really too much on his, on his fielding, I guess, stats or fielding scouting report. I did see a few Videos getting tossed around of him making some some over-the-wall catches and some pretty athletic-looking catches. Also, so I mean, three home runs, one to each field, which is very cool to see. But, you know, most likely added is, is outfield depth. You have to imagine him and Khalil Lee will be fighting out for a couple of roster spots towards the back of the bench uh, come spring training. And, and, again, that's very good. And the Mets, you know, Again, they made some minor waves. They kind of changed the changed the narrative a little bit, changed the uh, the news cycle by making some moves and kind of getting the Mets thing out because, you know. And they also picked up uh, Antonio Santos. I shouldn't leave Mr. Santos out. Uh, he was placed on waivers by the Rockies. He's 25 years old, right-hander. He only has like 17, 17 and a third major league innings pitched. Nine walks, 14 strikeouts, so clearly some control issues. Four-ish ERA, like a four-and-change ERA in the minors, it looked like. Um, you know, if they can find something in him, I think we've seen this analytics staff and, and, and pitching staff, pitching coaching, uh, pitching coaches uh, really work their wonders with uh, with certain guys. And I'm sure it couldn't hurt to take a flyer on, on a guy like Santos. He's not much of a velo guy, but I know his off-speed stuff works. Uh, Change-up plays well, and... You know, hopefully you see what you can get. But again, these were minor deals. Um, of course, Thursday was Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a very nice holiday, by the way. Mets wake up Friday. We all wake up Friday. And uh, and the Mets really get moving. They really uh, make an effort to fill out some holes before what's, you know, everyone's assuming is going to be a, uh, a lockout beginning this week. The CBA expires on December 1st, which is uh, Wednesday. I guess Wednesday at a minute before midnight, heading into Thursday. So, uh, I'm sorry. My apologies. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, that would be that would be correct. It would be Wednesday the first at 11:59 p.m. 59 seconds. Um, but yeah, they, you know the Mets have holes to fill on the roster, and they did. They they went out. They got uh, Eduardo Escobar, who's spent a lot of time in Arizona, uh, moved over to Milwaukee midway through the last through last season. You know, this is a, a versatile fielder. He plays second base, uh, second base, third base, shortstop. Uh, has some pop in his bat. He's 111 home runs since 2017. Hit 35 in 2019, of course, with the uh, with the change in the ball properties. That was a little inflated. Uh, 28 last year, though, so you know it's still there. 108 uh, OPS plus since 2018. So he's you know. Slightly above average. Of course, if the power is there, those numbers will reflect a little better. Uh, his strikeout numbers are very reasonable. Uh, I believe he's only topped 20% strikeout rate twice since 2015, and it was right on the nose. 20.0% in 2018, 20.7% in 2021. Uh, his walk rate since 2018 is a shy, yeah, shade over 7.5, 7.7 walk rate. 7.7% walk rate, my apologies. 
So again, these are all very nice qualities, and and it's not a, a quad A player. This is a proven major league player, and you know if you can get a three win season out of him, if everything works out and you know stays healthy, but a hundred plus starts, you got to think it's mostly going to be at third base. But his ability to to play some second base when needed, uh, you know, you don't know who what Cano's going to give you. You don't know if Jeff McNeil's going to be here. Uh, Luis Guillorme is still going to be on the roster, hopefully. But again, you really never know. Recording this, I'm looking at the clock. It's 3:52. Uh, the Mets are expected to make some roster moves, so uh, we'll see who's left on the 40 man. Um, I would expect Guillorme sticks around just because of his versatility, but you really never know. Um, but yeah, if he gets 100, if, uh, of course, talking about Escobar, if he gets 100 plus starts and you know, the power's there and, and, you know, the he's getting on base, which and the Mets weren't done with Escobar, but all these guys do. Uh, you know, it could be a really solid addition. Even if, you know, I guess on the low end, if he's a really expensive bench piece, great. If he's starting games and giving you three wins at $10 million a season, that's huge. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Again, and this was just the first of many, many smart moves. The Mets have really made an effort to make. Uh, next on the list was Mark Kana. Uh, Kana. I believe it's Kana, but I say Kana, and I'm sure we'll figure out the, the uh, correct pronunciation there. Let's go with Kana. Um, two years, $26.5 million. Again, extremely economically friendly, 13, uh, $13.25 a year. Uh, I immediately thought of A.J. Pollock. He got $15 million a year from the Dodgers ahead of the 2019 season. To pretty much be stuck into a into a an outfield and get a lot of starts, you know, he was playing center field every day, um, not every day, but most days. But you also had Verdugo in the in the on the roster. You had uh, Enrique Hernandez on the roster. You had Bellinger on the roster. So you know there were a lot of guys um, sharing playing time, and that I guess that kind of general range of salary, I think it, it fits that profile well. Where yeah. Same thing, if Canna gets 100-plus starts and he's a, a three-win player, I believe he was a four-win player one year, but uh, 2019, and he hit 26 home runs that year. And, you know, maybe, again, same thing as, as Escobar, a little, possibly a little inflated by the ball. He's His previous season highs were 17. He did that in 2018 and 2021. So if he's giving you 15, 20, maybe 20-plus 20 home runs, that's a huge plus. Plays all out, uh, all three outfield positions, slightly above average, outs above average from Statcast. So, you know uh, his speed is terrific. But if you know with if you're sticking him in a corner, um, that's going to work out really, really well. Uh, again, not a huge strikeout guy. Twenty one point two percent strikeout rate since twenty eighteen. Uh, 12.1% walk rate over the same span with a 366 OBP certainly fits the uh, fits the profile the Mets have wanted. Versatile, gets on base. You know, only a 240-250 hitter, but um, if he's doing his job and, and you know, a, a rotational guy, you know, I, you have to imagine he's going to be getting a lot of starts in the corner, especially considering uh, the addition of the next guy we're going to talk about. But, you know, he's going to bring – exactly what they're paying him to bring and doing so at an extremely reasonable salary. And it's allowing the Mets to go out and make more moves. You're adding starting caliber guys at, 
you know, starting level salaries, but as we just said, you know, maybe they start 100, 110 games. Kind of let everybody get the uh, get a little playing time because from what it's looking like, the Mets are really going for uh, for depth. And of course, we'll we'll get into all that. You know what? While we're recording, I'm going to check Twitter because news has been coming out pretty much all day. Let's see. Uh, by the way, shout out to Mike Mayer. <laughs> Mike Mayer had uh, Robbie Ray going to Seattle, like. At least five minutes, maybe six minutes before Jeff Passan did. And, you know, Passan's the guy getting his, uh, Mike's getting his credit. Shout out to Mike. Check out the Get's Met, the uh, Get Metsmerized podcast, by the way. I was able to listen to a couple of episodes. Those guys are really fun. Uh, shout out to you guys. Also, Sam and Jack over at Pleasant Good Evening. Have to shout out those guys. Outstanding content. Uh, just consistently make me laugh. So, Hello to you guys. Hello to all my all my buddies. We don't speak nearly as often as I wish we well, we did, but uh, I hope everybody is well. But moving on, I'm sorry. Before we move on, back to to Canna here. Um, you know, Nimmo, uh, stick him in a in, in a in a corner. Stick Nimmo in a corner because you have the next guy we're going to talk about, and you know, you really have a, a a high potential. Not only fielding outfield, you have three guys who can play center field all across the, the grass, you have offensive upside as well. You have Nimmo, who's, you know, an on-base, you know, king. You know, Canna, who's 126-weighted runs created plus uh, since 2018. We already talked about the OBP. And, you know, now the Mets have Starling Marte. Uh, their other, <laughs> I guess, most outstanding signing of, uh, of the Wednesday before Thanksgiving you know, you bring Marte in, who won, yeah, he's 33 years old. They signed into a four-year, $78 million contract. And he's been aging considerably well. Of course, taking a chance on those those back two years uh, of the deal is always a risk. Um, first player that came to mind, and many others mentioned him, Curtis Granderson. Uh, Mets grabbed him around the same age. I think he was 32 at the time. And, you know... Didn't I would say that Curtis Granderson was he certainly earned every penny of his deal, but that came in more than just um, on field production, the leadership, everything else. And Marte comes with the same type of, um, I guess, reputation. Great, cl- all these guys, great clubhouse guys. That's all we've been hearing. Um, Jerry Blevins, who I guess played with uh, with Canna in Oakland, he said he would, would. Mets fans would be very happy with the addition. Shout out to Jerry and Jolly over at Shea Station, giving everybody shout outs today. Just it's an exciting time for Mets fans. I think you can hear my uh, my excitement in, in particular. It's um, we've all been waiting a long time for all this, but back to Marte because again we haven't even gotten to the start of uh, of the biggest news. But you know, same profile. Below average strikeouts, I think his 17 and change percent strikeout rate since 2017. Um, he's hit 298, 358, 472 since 2019. 122 weighted runs created plus. He's got 120 plus extra base hits over that span, 80 plus stolen bases. He's the true center fielder the Mets have been looking for and offensively just adds such a fun dynamic to this roster. It's going to be, you know, on paper, it's a huge, huge, huge addition. You know, his metrics in center field aren't necessarily sterling. Excuse me. 
Um, Statcast has him much higher rated as a center fielder than uh, than Fangraphs and their defensive run save do. Actually, it's you know starkly different. Fangraphs has him, uh, yeah, I think seven, uh, seven negative seven DRS, and Statcast has him at plus seventeen over the same span. Just you know, absolutely wild, but. Even if he rounds out somewhere in the middle and he's an average or just slightly above average center fielder, he's still he's still a true center fielder. He's gonna, you know, there's no getting familiar with the position. And and Brandon Nimmo did terrific in center field last season. He was, you know, I think four outs above average per stat cast. Really. We saw the the downtimes, but for the most part, he was a very, very capable center fielder, and that's that's terrific. But having Marte, who's a true center fielder out there, putting Nimmo and Canna in the corners, I think that's just, um, like we just said before, that's outstanding. You have three guys who are capable of playing center field. That's how good their defense is. But they're spread out across the outfield grass. That's just, um, you can't beat that. You cannot beat that. It's it's the types of moves that we I guess we've been hoping the Mets would make, and you know this isn't a knock on Jeff McNeil or Dom Smith or or JD Davis who were kind of forced into those positions because the Mets didn't go the next level to kind of fill all those holes and losing Conforto and and you know just shoring up weak spots. It's what it's going to take, and the Mets have been doing that, and they've been doing that in spades, and you know we're not even getting to the. Uh, <laughs> You know, this was the, the the Black Friday stuff. This was, you know, we're not even getting to the Cyber Monday that they had, uh, that they had to to I guess break out of the Thanksgiving weekend uh, holiday, I guess relaxation period. But my goodness, started coming in 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 bursts on Sunday night, and I, we'll get to that. It was just absolutely Friday was a huge day. Monday even bigger. We have to take a break. We got to hear from the uh, the sponsors real quick before we uh, before we do that. So, hang tight, and uh, we'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And welcome back, everybody. So, um, yeah, we just kind of broke down <laughs> Stephen Matt's pick in St. Louis, S- Steve Cohen uh, angry tweeting, 
the Mets pivoting, of course, to try and change the cycle with uh, uh, Nick Plummer and Antonio Santos. Of course, their little Black Friday shopping spree with Eduardo Escobar and Marcana and Starling Marte. And now that brings us to, to, to Monday. Of course, Sunday night, we started hearing news about it. My Max Scherzer, of course, um, I said it myself. I think it was Sunday midday. You know, Mets are uh, moving, are heavily involved, are heavily uh, focused on, on Scherzer. I believe that was the report. I don't even remember who it was from or if those were the exact words. But um, heavily aggressive. I think that was the... Uh, that was the phrase. That was the, at least the, 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 the two-word quote. But I said it. I said I, I, I really expected Scherzer to go back to, to the Dodgers. I think it was a perfect fit. They moved, you know, they, they moved some very high-end prospects to get him. Um, they have to assume they're not going to have the, the criminal they signed last offseason in their rotation next year. And, you know, you have to think they were going to do everything they could to bring Max back. But, boy, here comes Steve Cohen and the Mets and – I guess last night is you started to. Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that the 120 million uh, over three years was the uh, the number being floated. And boy, I mean, I think we talked about it on the show. If you're going to take Noah Syndergaard's 18.4 million and reinvest it, hey, I know I said it on Twitter. I think I said it on the show. Max Scherzer uh, would be a you know a hell of a direction to look, and that 18.4 million would go a real long way as far as. I guess softening that blow of, of paying a guy forty million dollars, and you know, I guess the Mets had similar ideas, and um, they pushed real hard. And you know, we were, I guess everyone stayed up real late Sunday night waiting for confirmation. John Morosi of uh, MLB Network noted that the Mets and Scherzer were moving towards finalizing an agreement, but I think that was around ten thirty, eleven o'clock Sunday, and we didn't hear anything until. Uh, Monday morning, I know I put out a quick article at the Apple, probably around 8 a.m., and it was, that, that's pretty much what, what it was up to. It was kind of just, you know, in awe of the possibility of having Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom as your 1A and 1B atop a, a rotation. You know, that's, that type of stuff doesn't happen unless you play in fantasy baseball or MLB The Show or you know, you're at an all-star game or something. That's just, um, it, it was unbelievable. It, it still is. <laughs> and, you know, we'll get to the, the, how the news broke and stuff like that. But, you know, everybody knows by now this is, um, it, huge, but you know, so you wake up Monday morning and, you know, you have that doubt. We're all Mets fans. We know that doubt. And we saw it last year. The Mets <laughs> went, you know, extremely aggressive at the criminal we just referenced and, and uh, thankfully came up short. But, um, you know, we, we know the feeling of, of <laughs> shit, we could even look at Stephen Matz last week, being leveraged, being used as, as leverage in a, in a situation. And I, I, I don't blame fans for, for expressing their dismay with, with waiting on it. And, um, I guess part of me, yeah, thought that oh, this there's no way this is going to happen. But but part of me really did. Part of me was was really confident that this would get done. And you know there were a lot of rumors that Max didn't want to come back to to the East Coast, um, and that made sense. But I, you know 
the vision that this organization clearly has for what they're trying to do right now. And, you know, they've gone balls to the wall. And I'm sure part of their pitch to, to Scherzer was that we're not done yet. And from all, you know, all reports as of Monday at 4 p.m., um, that's, that's where the Mets are going. They're still looking for starting pitching. Uh, they're still looking for relief help. St- you have to assume they're still looking to fill out their positional roster. You, you have to think of Javier Baez is still um, maybe possible. You know, you, if you're going to blow over the, uh, the luxury threshold, the uh, competitive balance tax threshold as, as the Mets have, why not go all out, right? But um, you have to think, and you have to wonder whether they're going to try and shed a little bit of payroll, even if it's just arbitration money, um, to kind of make room for other additions. Because it really seems they're kicking things into the next gear, and you know, and <laughs> up until you know around noon on on Monday, that was all just kind of wishing and hoping. I think that was an actual quote that was used in the report as well this morning. But by um, you know, by around noon. It, reports started coming out that it was real and it was almost done and the number was pushed up to three years, 130 million, works out to 43.3 million dollars. That's our average salary over three years. I'm not sure how the, the money's been worked out yet. We haven't seen that report yet, but uh, the annual average salary is a major league record. Uh, absolutely blows past uh, Garrett Cole's 36 million. I know Jacob DeGrom, um, he'll be, I think his average is right around there as well. Mike Trout's right up there, but $43.3 million a year um, with an opt-out after year two. <laughs> I was going to tweet it. Uh, I mean, it's just popping, rumbling around my head now, but imagine he gets like $50 million in year one and year two, and then, you know, his opt-out year is, is 30 and you know, it limits the risk for that 40, age 40 season, but imagine that's what it took. And again, I'm just thinking out loud right now, and hopefully it's closer to that 40 million because, you know, that's just crazy. Imagine imagine spending 40-something million on a, on a player before today. I put it out there this morning. Like, it's wild that we looked at, I believe it was Joel Sherman from the Post, who had 3-129 as his initial report. I looked at it and I didn't even flinch. And I said it on Twitter. I'm like, how wild is that? That we could look at three years, $130 million and say, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he that's, uh, I'm not even going to blink at it. That's exactly what Max Scherzer is worth. What <laughs> makes you wonder what Jacob DeGrom's going to be worth in a couple of years. But, you know, you have um, two of, not arguably, the two greatest pitchers of their generation. Kershaw is up there, um, you know kind of overlapped between him and Scherzer for a long amount of time. And DeGrom kind of took the torch from both of them. But Scherzer's still doing it at at that exact same high level. I mean, his 2.46 ERA last year, that was his best ERA of his career. He's in his age 36 year. He'll be 37. He's 37 now, but this will be his age 37 year coming up. Not really showing signs of slowing down. He's still, you know, just as elite as ever. Just... You know, hoping that he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, he's going to be Max Scherzer. Same thing with Jacob Degrom. If he stays healthy, if he's able to stay on the mound, he's going to be Jacob Degrom. Taiwan Walker is here through this season. Carlos Carrasco is here through next season. No, no, maybe through next season. But uh, Taiwan Walker has an option year uh, after this year. 
So, and, you know, the, the foundation is here. You have to assume they're going to fill out their rotation. I know uh, uh, Yusei Kikuchi from um, Seattle, Japanese pitcher. Uh, really, really nasty stuff. Hides the ball very well. Might have talked about him on the show previously, but uh, tweeted about him a few weeks ago. I put out a clip that um, I believe the Mariners put out probably like 2020. Um, him throwing like batting practice in spring training. And the way he hides the ball, he brings it like directly up the back of his leg, holds it behind his body as he turns his arm, and it's behind his head the whole time. And then he just snaps it out. And yet his release points are very crisp. His command's been a little off. I know we got off of Scherzer, but I really like Gucci. And uh, Andy Martino noted him as a, uh, a potential target today. And I think that would be pretty pretty darn cool, man. He's a uh, very high-end stuff. I believe Hefner and, and Ricardo, if they get their, their hands on him and the analytics department can get you know their eyes on it. A new set of eyes always helps. If he's willing to come to New York, I know when he signed, he was very interested in sticking to the West Coast uh, when he came here from Japan. But, you know, if he's willing to come out to the come out to New York, I think he could be a really, really high upside signing. We shall see. But back to Scherzer and DeGrom, because it's it's almost unbelievable at this point. It's hard to fathom exactly where this team is where I mean the rotation but what it does for this organization you know we heard of course since Cohen bought the team last November oh it's a new day it's a new day well you know god damn it we woke up on Monday and it is a really a new day it's it's tough to believe it's tough to wrap my head around it you know I'm 38 years old I've been watching the Mets you know opening day to the last pitch of the season since like 1991 um, you remember, I guess you think of 2005 getting Beltran, getting Pedro Martinez and saying, oh my God, they're making, they're really making a push. And then, uh, Billy Wagner and, and Paula Duca and Carlos Delgado and said, wow, they're really making a push. And, and, and they did. I mean, 2006, they were the most dominant team in baseball by far. And then injury struck between Sanchez's, uh, taxi cab accident. You lost two starting pitchers the last week of the season in El Duque and Pedro. You know, the plan, the foundation was there. And I think that, you know, a few breaks and that team, you know, wins multiple championships. What if that team doesn't break down at the end of 2007? You know, David Wright was in the prime of his career. And by, by 2008, you had Santana. Unfortunately, he broke down. I'm sorry, 2007, you had Santana, but, um, Still had Pedro, but they mismanaged him. And, you know, with the right blueprint in place, the blueprint for success that hopefully this Mets organization has now, and it's not just the ownership, it's it's everything. It's the, the 20-something new analytics hires. It's the Ben Zosmer in the research and development department. It's, it's Billy Epler, who's come in and done a terrific job so far. I mean, you hope it pans out, but... Boy, for a week on the job, Billy Epler's done a <laughs> what a job he's done. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a little scratch in my throat. Um, yeah, just it's it's magic, and it's November, three days before a lockout, and this is what we're feeling like. It's amazing. And I mean, again, we're recording this at four o'clock on Monday. By the time this comes out, you know, the Mets might be 
you know, they might have three more guys in tow. I might have to put a whole new segment at the end of this. We never know. But my goodness, this is um, exciting times. Exciting times. would I think that's going to be the title of the show. Exciting times. My goodness. All right. Well, that's it. Again, we might have a segment after this if the Mets make more moves. But uh, if they don't, we'll be back next week. Um, still have Hall of Fame stuff to discuss. I do have to reach out to uh, to our guest still. I have another guest that I have to reach out to because he has some cool stuff coming out. I've got some surprises coming out. Um, ideas for the lockout. Kind of hopefully try and get through that. But yeah, we'll get to all of it. Um, you know where to find us. Subscribe, rate, review. And uh, we'll see you next time. You know the sign off. And we really, let's say we're feeling this time. Let's fucking go Mets. Peace. Peace.